0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today we are digging deep into the economics, business, and process behind the style game. The red carpet game in an industry I still have not wrapped my head around, and we are with LA's favorite celebrity stylist, the host of the Low Life and the better half of the JLo. Let's be honest, my good friend, the water to my oil. Oh, it's Slovan hey. <laughs> Rumpf. Well, thank you so
1: much for being on Trading Secrets today. Oh my God, I'm. Honored, <laughs> privileged to be here. Oh, God. No place that, I'd rather be than right here. That introduction got me was, fired up. That was a beautiful intro. Are you excited to be back in Nashville with the pod? Yeah. I mean, it took a year for our little reunion, but it's... I mean, we've seen each other, but like to be all in one underrun roof is... Yeah. Uh, Is perfect. And I feel like we have dived fully back
0: into right where we left off. Yeah. Do you think any beat has been skipped? Not at all. No
1: beat has been skipped, No, that's the thing about a good friendship. You can just pick up, even if we, well, we talk a lot, but if we didn't. It just picks up right where I left off, which is nice. That's beautiful. And you're a beautiful
0: man. And it is so good. We have a little yin-yang vibe going. I'm wearing white. He's wearing black. And that is our relationship. But (laughs) I want to talk to you because we talk about a lot of things. This is the thing about Lo and I. We will sit and have late night chats. We have our little fireside chats. There might be an edible involved. There might not be. There might be a little Lupe Fiasco joint in there. There might not be. To each their own. Yeah, maybe a cocktail. Maybe a cocktail. Or maybe or just two. nothing. Maybe, or we're maybe just water. Yeah. And hummus. I think it's fair to say we've done it all. But that being said, one of the fun conversations we've had as I told Lo about the time that I waited in line at Louis Vuitton. I yep. waited in line at Louis Vuitton. I was really annoyed by it. It was because my buddy had wanted, not had, <laughs> correction wanted to buy his girlfriend a Louis Vuitton purse. Oh, nice. Because he came to visit Nashville, a concept I will never understand, but a concept that apparently that's like a thing. Mm-hmm. Like you go out for the weekend and you come back with a purse and it's okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Would you not a, do that for Caitlin?
0: I don't... No, there's no utility in that. What? You think if I have to... If I go... To see a friend, I have to come back with a three thousand dollars purse, maybe a little gift. This is trading secrets. This
1: is a money management. This, it makes no sense. A uh, little gift is different. Yeah, but I mean, it's all relative. That could be a little gift to him, depending on what his bank account looks like.
0: And okay, I don't think even if three thousand dollars is like you're getting three k, but, but as a, as a means of having to go, it's like a, a permission slip. Like here's a three thousand dollars bag
1: because you went on a trip to see your friends, or more so. I know I was gone and you probably had to handle things while I was gone. Thank you for being so patient with me. I wanted to treat you to a little something something since I went and had a good time with my boys. Yeah. Lived my best life. Huh. Drank, spent a lot of money while you yeah. were at home holding down the fort. Here's a little $3,000 something something to let you know that you're valued, you are loved and you're thought of.
0: If Kaylin and I did that every time we left the no, house, not for every all the time. things going on. Once in a while. Do you know what just that line, line item would be on my side and her side?
1: What? outrageous. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. But I'm just saying, like, it's a a little thoughtful something. See, I think there's ways to be thoughtful and still have utility
0: behind it, regardless of how much money you have. What do you mean by utility? Utility is like, does it make sense? Is there utility for it? Is there a a reason? Is there rationale? Is there logic? Like a $3,000 purse because you went for two days to go see your buddies? Is that what you have to do every time you leave the house? Get her a coffee mug. Anyway this was one of our conversations <laughs> and similar to this banter. This is exactly Turns what ensued me nuts. And what I did is I waited in line, like a good friend for a fucking hour yeah. to get into this stupid ass store. And I know a lot of people love this brand and swear by this. brand. Louis and what I'm going to tell you is if you got Louis Vuitton, enjoy it, go buy their stock too, because it does well. But I sat down with the sales associate mm-hmm. and I told you this and I said, okay, I just waited an hour to get in here. He just bought a $3,000 purse. I looked at the store. There was nothing under $2,000. And I asked, what percentage of people come in this store and actually buy the goods? And she said, about 95% of people that wait in that line buy something here. And I was blown away by that. And I told you I put it out. And people, it was a very controversial subject. People had certain opinions on it. Now, the beauty of this conversation, to keep it full circle, is low has worked at Louis Vuitton. Yeah. So I want to (laughs) hear your perspective and I want to know the inside scoop. Like when you work in a retail position like that for a very luxurious company, I'm curious how much you make. Are you compensated on what people actually purchase? Like do you get a percentage? Oh yeah, like working on commission. Tell me about it. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I did high-end retail. I worked for them and then Louis Vuitton. And then I is that also, how you say it? Louis I Bur- think it, well, like Louis Vuitton. Okay. Vuitton. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and then uh, Burberry, not Burberry. It's,
0: it's Burberry? Burberry. Burberry. Yeah, which Didn't is a,
1: a, a British label, a heritage company, uh, Gabardine Fabric. They created the uh, Gabardine Fabric for the trench coat. It's a, a particular type of fabric that makes you retain, utility-wise, the temperature of your body. Bring oh, utility so when you, back. Yeah, so when you end up going into a war-type, situation and it's crazy weather you can maintain your body temperature and not die so that's where Burberry came in and then they turned it into a luxury brand okay anyway at Louis Vuitton it's usually uh, sales associates so okay. you start with like depending on where you're a sales associate but I was one in Los Angeles New York uh, New York is probably a higher base but you make hourly plus commission some high-end retail like Chanel uh, is uh, strictly on commission so you don't make a base stop it you, you only make commissions, so you have to sell. Um, otherwise, well. And what? You're and get like, fired. so,
0: okay, so those are a $3,000 purse, like, or so Chanel's more expensive, right? So Chanel yeah, so makes 5000 every month. month. What so, do you get paid on that? Like how much? Well, we to usually, guess.
1: like usually, for a sales goal, it will be anywhere. Let's say you have to make twenty thousand dollars this month. Sell these okay. twenty thousand dollars worth of merch or yeah. fifty. And every time you sell a certain amount, the twenty, the fifty, or however much you hit, your percentage goes up. So you can make two percent off that, or one percent, or it's not much. You're not making a lot of money. You can if you sell if you're your selling a lot. If you're selling a lot, but it's a very aggressive, tough thing to do. So, huh. yeah, and you have to really build relationships, and it's yeah, it's a tough industry to get into. Part of the reason first of all there's two reasons i don't really go into too many of those
0: stores is one because i don't really buy much of that and two because if i do walk in there i feel like i'm looked like there's like eight sharks circling me <laughs> yeah and, and and they're just ju- they're judging the way i look the way i talked the way i walked up walk, walk, my, my shoe thing. game is it okay you worked in that you worked no, in burberry yeah burberry is it and a, a thing? someone walks in you're telling me if
1: you got to make that commission you're not staring them up and down to see like Can they afford the product I'm about to sell? See, the thing is, when it comes to high-end retail, specifically brands like that, where the lowest price point is like $1,000 or something like that, that's like entry-level. Sure. When we would have walk-ins come in, yet yeah, we'll look and see who it is. And the, people would say like, oh, they ignored me because I don't look rich or I, it looks like I don't have money. Sure. So they don't want to give me the time of day. Right. It's not that at all. <laughs> For the most part, just speaking from my experience and, and the people that I worked with, if you were walking in there, we have our clients already. If you're just randomly walking into a Louis Vuitton, that's not as common. Like the people that shop Louis Vuitton regularly, they let us know when they're coming. So you're telling regular clients. Me
0: the people in that store have an external list of clients they work with that they Absolutely. will actually bring into the store. Themselves. I rarely
1: dealt with walk-ins. I really? only had clients that I had built, and these are clients that are like passed from sales associate to sales associate. Your client book, and you cu- you cultivate those relationships, and you and you're sending them gifts. You're corresponding with them. You're letting them know what's happening all the time. So if just a random like Jason walks in just to give it, you know, a little browse we know that's probably not going to result in a sale. I'm not going to waste my time when I have all these incredible clients that I need to get into the store and appointments lined up. I have from my beginning of my shift to the end. And usually there's one person, like a seasonal employee or something that handles the random walk-ins that are just going to buy something and probably return it.
0: Interesting. All right, so you see a guy like me walk in, you are like this greasy buffalo. Guy no. <laughs> is just
1: a window shopper. Yeah, I was like, let's gonna this. give me
0: nothing. Cute stock, God, is
1: Wolf on Wall Street coming in? Yeah, I mean, and you could end up going in and thinking like I could turn this into a great client. You sure. never know. Yeah, but for the most part, especially specific stores like Hermes. Yeah, are you familiar with that brand? It's like only because you've said it. Okay, honestly. but it's one of the highest in the I guess the retail chain of expensive products. I don't have those in Buffalo. No one's walking into an Hermes randomly you're usually letting them know you have your salesperson that you work with and if not you have the sales girl in Dallas that you always deal with call your New York contact like we handle that thing for you all right so Hermes Burberry Vuitton. what is the most
0: that you've ever rung someone up oh my gosh actually give me a dollar amount that you've seen someone spend in
1: one of the most someone has spent with me personally was about I think it was like 87 thousand Jesus fucking which wasn't that much stuff Couple luggage pieces,
0: eighty-seven k. Just didn't
1: just gotten coming in the door. Oh yeah. Oh, we had to actually someone paid with over a 100- hundred. Hundred and twenty thousand dollars sale in the store. That was a big one. It was a uh, this guy from a Sinaloa drug cartel, and he came in with just all cash? this cash. He had uh, like uh, like three ladies with him, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. had um, strollers, and the strollers were filled with cash. He had to get rid of it. It was drug money. So and I mean, he always uh, gave a fake name. I I don't know his name. Arturo, and then it was Miguel, and then it was Pablo, little Escobar. All no, right.
0: <laughs> so you got people you've seen. You know, br- spending eighty seven grand, hundred twenty. Insane. Grand. You've seen people that I didn't realize. No one that from the States,
1: it's always international clients. I never see okay. a, someone from the U.S. Is, you, that.
0: is that is that because the style game in the
1: U.S. has a different level of prioritization? I just I just think when it comes to retail, like like Dubai money, yeah. it just runs a lot deeper than U.S. bank accounts when it comes to spending. And like that particular culture, if you're if you're coming in from Dubai or China or mm-hmm. Japan, they're huge on labels. They're really big with brand recognition, and they want to yeah. drop a lot of money.
0: Interesting. They spend a lot. And they're getting it cheaper
1: than what they would get it in Dubai.
0: Okay. So let me break this down for you. So I got, I want to hear just what you think. because Of course, I hear these dollars and I want to talk about return. And I personally don't understand it. And I'm not saying that it's not real, but I don't understand the return on investment for fashion. I know okay. I'm practiced, practical. I know no, I'm it's black. Fine. A black. lot of people don't. But, but think of, so like this shirt right here, this is a, I think it's Faraday. It's about probably right. 120 bucks or something, right? Now you can go to, to Gap, probably get this for 40 bucks. Yeah. You could probably go to Burberry and let's say it's like much nicer. 350. And 350. We could keep going up Balenciaga. 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 What would it be there? A thousand? I'd say 1500. dollars so how do you compare something that literally is just a zip-up sweater or a t-shirt ranging from a $40 price point to 1500 and say, I get why it would make sense to buy that? Like you're a stylist, you do this every day. Yeah. Why are people spending that kind of money on that kind of? Clothing? I mean, I mean, we're talking. And, but you can't. I but, don't want to hear you but, say because they can afford it. Because I'm sure they can. No. But not everyone can. Fifty well, percent of Americans I only have, have six hundred bucks in their well, savings I account. Also,
1: but yeah, but I also have clients that are uncomfortably rich, richer than Midas, and they don't feel comfortable spending that. That's not where they want to put their money anyway, even if they can't afford it. Interesting. So that just depends. Different strokes for different folks. But I will say it's commercialism, capitalism at its finest. And sometimes you just want to buy into a lifestyle. I don't think there's much difference between a Balenciaga t-shirt and one that you're going to get a gap. Besides, I mean, maybe it's a little softer or something, but like cotton is cotton. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's not that big of a deal. But I think with those entry level, like basic items, wardrobe basics, you can go to Zara or you can go to Louis Vuitton, like you do you, but there is a difference when you start getting into the construction of like a nice suit. Sure, You'll see an H&M suit and a Burberry suit is a very different ball game. Just the way they fit, the way they feel, it's, they're really nice. Yeah. So with certain things, invest in it. But I think some people just want to buy into I mean it's a little bit on the bullshit side if we're yeah. really like breaking it down. Like, really? what are you getting from this? Yeah, yeah. It's some sort of brand recognition. Yeah. And it's almost like this. It's status symbols too. There's okay. p- specific brands that amongst like wealthy groups of people, yeah, that they like to flex with each other. It's kind of totally. like a guy who wears like a Rolex. Yeah. There's no need to wear a Rolex. You're yeah. flexing. You want to show that you can get a hundred thousand dollar and up or however much you're spending on yeah. it, crazy expensive. But a Seiko does the same damn thing. Yeah, they're all telling time. You know Interesting. what I mean? It's a, I it's love a, Jay's it's Rolex. Very, it's a very, we love good, comp- it's a very Rolex, good comparison
0: and a great call out Rolex from Rista Aficionado. You and I need to go through that Instagram yeah. and check it out. Okay. but <laughs> I will say this: like, even wearing that, because I'm not a big on, you guys know that spending money on things like that, but wearing that Rolex, it's insane the amount of conversations that come up about it. Yeah. It's almost like a business card. I, I thought it was good, to, like, I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. It's Instantly, a status symbol. People are talking about this, talking about that. Where'd you get it? What year is it? Like more people would approach you. And people I was collect like, them. It's is kind, it vintage? Oh. And right now they're actually appreciating. Like I know Louis Vuitton purses are. So here I am. Fucking hypocrite. But I mean, <laughs> no, it is but crazy. Like, like it actually has sparked a lot of conversations and stuff. I've had some day traders that I've never interacted with. And they DM me on Instagram. Like, dude, where'd you get that from? And I'm like, all right. Forget about the watch. Like, tell me more about your day trading. Can we work on something? Yeah. So it's crazy that fashion could open doors like that. And you agree with that. Oh,
1: 100%. Yeah. Well, even I was going to say brands like uh, Brunello Cuccinelli, which is a big Italian brand, beautiful clothes, no labels on anything. It's like a ripped up sweater for like $1,000. Yeah. But like, no one would know where the hell that sweater came from. But people that buy Brunello, it's like a specific type of person that wants to wear that kind of shit. Because you're spending so much for... I mean, it's just a status symbol amongst, like, I guess your fellow rich ass people, but no one outside of like those people would. So I guess you're just, again, slightly flexing silently for, because again, no one would know, but like, but those who buy it are very aware. Okay. I like know, Cleo's friend, he has a bunch of those sweaters. And I was like... Really? Oh, you knew? And I knew. I was like, oh my God, all the Brunello in here. It's so crazy. it kind of is like this thing that you'll
0: relate to other people that are in the same game. Yeah. Got it. Now, I want to ask you about this experience I had. So for US Open... We connected with Boss, and it was really cool for US Open tennis. We got to go to a Boss store and Hugo to, Boss, Hugo Boss, yeah. And we right. got to pick out two outfits, and we got to wear them. And it was comped. They obviously asked for a tag. We mm. gave him a tag. I felt like this is the coolest experience. And then I realized that's a bit ba- like that's a huge part of your job. And even t- this this weekend, you went to Caitlin. I think it was to like a showroom, but I know back in LA, you go to these showrooms. And I think for anyone listening right now that's like, I'm very intrigued with this whole celebrity stylist thing. Like, how does this work? There's this thing called showrooms. And this is yeah. where Lowe will actually go to pick out the outfits that he's going to style his celebrity in. So just can you explain the basis of, of what a showroom is yeah. and how those brands get in there and like what they pay to get in there.
1: Yeah. Well, Cliff Notes version for listeners, everyone usually asks me, that's the first thing out the gate is do you buy all the clothes? Do celebrities have to buy that stuff sure. and then just return it or keep it? Like, how does this work? Nothing is bought. Pretty much nothing is kept. It's all on loan. A lot of celebrities are all wearing the same things. Huh. Um, literally, like I've had Caitlin in a blazer that Selma Blair wore. And then I saw it on uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. like, three months later from veep and you think it's the same i don't no, know i know it's the same it's from the same showroom it literally was the same what is the cost of that the blazer was like i don't know eight hundred dollars or something like so that. at that
0: point why wouldn't they just like gift it
1: no they can sometimes yeah. they do gift it yeah okay. or or but a lot of times it's a one-time wear caitlin had to wear this blazer on good morning america and yeah. then but once you get photographed or seen in it the moment's over it's done it's been posted on social media we keep outfits fresh gift something that doesn't look like that. So So. this is
0: wild, guys. Anytime you see like a paparazzi photo or you see a shoot or a red carpet, there's so much that's actually going in behind the scenes of what that person's wearing and what do they always ask? Red carpet. What are are you wearing wearing? tonight? Who are you wearing? wearing? So let's talk about the dollars and cents there real quick. Yeah. So let's suppose, and don't make fun of this, but it's very easy to laugh at, Tardic starts a clothing line called Target. Yeah. Okay? Yeah.
1: Tardic for Tardic. Wait, Tardic for Target.
0: Target for Target. Okay. And let's just say it's a suit line, right? Yeah. So with a showroom, the showroom is actually like who would I pay to get into a oh, showroom? Back to
1: showrooms, yeah. How so brands reach out to specific showrooms. Okay. And they're all over, usually New York, Milan, and Los Angeles. Okay. And so these showrooms will house several, several brands. And usually they keep them around the same price point. Some yeah. of them diversify. So they'll pay the showroom and the job of the showroom is to get placements on celebrities, to get placements in editorial magazines, okay. commercials, influencers digital so they'll they'll have different sectors of their showroom that they cater to an influencer market some showrooms are like we don't want to work with any influencers we only do celebrity red carpet some only do editorial but the brands pay the showroom a retainer every single month so then give me an idea of like a tardic Target clothing line I want to get into a big showroom in LA what am I paying monthly well again it depends on what you want for deliverables if you say I want social the whole package I want you guys to do editorial everything for me I mean it can range anywhere from like $25,000 a month and up it's expensive but you have a whole team of people that are working around the clock to make sure that your brand is getting placed seen on the right people you share this is like for your brand you're like okay i want these five celebrities are my target dream Mm lists and this showroom says well we work with all of the stylists that represent those celebrities so you're probably going to get that placement and you said okay well then name your price that's when the negotiation comes in and that's when the the brand signed with showrooms so that they can get placements that's the main thing you want to get a placement
0: fascinating okay so i'm going to talk in the recap about my experience in a showroom with david so just stay tuned for that but in that being said i still have to ask a question there because if you are a stylist connected to a showroom and the showroom is then selling the brand that the celebrity stylist low will be coming in does no. the showroom pay the stylist no
1: no showrooms don't pay stylists do you pay the showroom to have access to their clothing uh, usually no, sometimes you'll have to pay like a dry cleaning or restocking fee or something like that. Huh. But most of the time, no, well, the showrooms are sending me flowers. Showrooms are treating me like, king. cause you're bringing your clients. Yeah. In. Because I'm going to make sure I'm getting their stuff placed. I can choose what I want to get placed for however many editorial shoots, commercials, sure. red carpets I have coming up. I just had it happen. Oh, I'm going to go spend some time with Jason. Everyone knows that we're homies. We're besties. So one of my girlfriends said, oh my God, there's a couple products from our influencer division. Why don't you take those with you? Give them to Jason. That would mean a lot to me if you can get a placement on him. I'm like, sure. Now, is there
0: a way that you could skip the showroom and a revenue source for you could be To go Um, straight through the brand, yeah, like a Hugo Boss comes to you, you come to me, and then a Hugo Boss or or some kind of brand pays you. Yeah, sometimes
1: I'll work with the brands directly. Yeah, but most of the time, the brands are paying so much money every month to have a showroom, to have PR people that are repping them. Right. So it's like, yeah, like I can go straight to Jason if I'm just a brand wanting to do a deal with you, but you'd probably like them to go through your team,
2: okay? Because you're paying them.
1: So yeah, I can sometimes, especially after the pandemic, I notice a lot of showrooms kind of went up in smoke because there weren't red carpets, there's not events happening. So instead of these showrooms paying to be with, or these designers paying to be with showrooms, it's flipped and now PR has gone in-house. So a lot more like Hugo Boss went in-house, but they used to be with a showroom. Okay, it makes
0: sense. I'm starting to understand this industry a little bit more. Let's take it to red carpets. So name a celebrity that you would see at the Oscars or the Emmys that you look up to. Give me a celebrity. Uh, I'll say like a Julia Roberts. Okay, Julia Roberts. Leo DiCaprio. Let's Oh, Leonardo's my favorite. So let's go with Leonardo. Leonardo. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> what if you had to project his stylus? How much does his stylist do you think gets? paid to like prepare him for like a an Oscars.
1: Yeah. Well, usually like so if Leonardo DiCaprio is going to the Oscars, yeah, he's doing a whole campaign leading into the Oscars. So he has the pre Oscar brunch. He's doing some What's that? after party. What is that? There's so many events that lead up to the Oscars. So I I mean it's rare well they'll just where a client just says like I need one event. It's usually a campaign because if you're going to the Oscars, you're yeah. usually nominated. Your film is doing very well. If that's the case like a Leo DiCaprio sure. then and you're gonna to have to go to the certain parties that are leading up to it and there's big parties why before do you, and after
0: again just, to mingle you why have,
1: do you, but he has to he's contracted to go no sometimes sometimes you are under contract with the studio to make appearances at these parties or at least walk the carpet other times it looks good because you want to kind of like rub shoulders with people in the academy because yeah. if you're good with the Academy, you will get, get the Oscar. And if you get the Oscar, it increases
0: your demand to get rehired again. Exactly. Because then you're the hot kid on also, the Also, there's
1: this whole like kiss of death thing with getting an Oscar, which I was interested about exploring that? that. Some certain individuals, particularly female performers, uh, actresses, yeah. like Jennifer Hudson, she yeah. got the Oscar for Dream Girls. Yeah. And there was another one that got an Oscar and talked about how she was like, didn't feel like she was hireable mm-hmm. after getting an Oscar, after killing it and getting like that... A uh, big award that everyone would dream of getting as a, an actor. And then she was like, I didn't feel like I was hireable because I had hit my peak. Do you think they think price points too high or something? Either price points too high or now that person's pigeonholed in that specific, like that was their role there. And now it's like tough to go back from that. So they're you are so identified with that.
0: Got it. Okay. That's something I never heard about, but let's go back to Leonardo DiCaprio. You're yeah, styling yeah. him. What you're trying to tell me too, is that you style Leo for the, the Oscars, you're styling for many events. You're not just styling him to walk the red carpet.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be, you know, price point wise, I mean, you could break it down to like, I mean, I'd say like on the low end, like $2,500 per red carpet yeah. event. Yeah. So yeah, twenty five. But then of course you have the fitting, uh, pre-fitting, the actual fitting, alterations, yeah. all those sort of things get added into it. Yeah. yeah, And most of the time, Leo's probably not paying for that shit. He probably has... Like the, the studio studio, Yeah, because he's required to go to these events through the studio, so it's production budget.
0: Okay, then one thing about the red carpet I'll never forget is when we were on the... People's Choice Awards red carpet and Gwen Stefani walked by shoulder, to shoulder. First of all, my breath was taken away. Second of all, she must have had, and I don't know anything about the jewelry business other than the engagement ring business or watch business. That being said,
1: she must have had a million dollars of jewelry on Oh, easy. Is yeah. that her jewelry? No, 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 it's not. Where does that jewelry come from? So again, showrooms, there are specific so the showrooms. is getting the jewelry to give them just for that picture. Yeah. Or just for that event or whatever. So a lot of showrooms will only work with jewelry brands and that's actually where you can get paid because sometimes I'll have, there's so many jewelry brands. I mean, a lot of people have diamonds. So that being said, I'll have brands that reach out directly to me and say, "Lo, we really want a placement like for Caitlin's wedding. yeah. If I want to put her in a million dollars worth of of diamonds, I can do that, but I'll probably do a contract with a specific jewelry designer so that like gotcha. Caitlin will get paid, I'll get paid to wear that company.
0: So you would work you, a it's all on deal. loan. You would work a deal with one jewelry designer. They would pay you and Caitlin a fee. So that she's wearing that jewelry, so that when she wears that jewelry, it will be photographed in the pictures and it'll be an editorial in press. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Well, it would only happen for Caitlyn's wedding if she had an exclusivity agreement with a media outlet, like People Magazine. Sure. If the story is exclusively for that, then the jewelry company feels comfortable with doing a brand deal like that.
0: Because they know that if their brand is mentioned in an article with in Caitlin People and I magazine. getting married... In People Magazine, then they will get the eyeballs and impressions that they need to justify the cost. Yeah, wild. Yeah, but she doesn't keep anything; it goes it comes right back. right back. Yeah. Okay. What if she she's got a million dollars of jewelry on her? What happens if like do you get insurance? Like, what if?
1: Yeah, you should get insurance for everything. Crazy. Sometimes the brands will have it. Most of my clients don't have insurance. Only the ones that go to events all the time will pay the two hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars a month yeah. to have crazy expensive insurance. Yeah. Um, But once it's out of my hands, it goes with the client. My insurance doesn't cover anything past that. It's the person wearing it.
0: So when you start your year, and obviously I'm sure you make goals for what you want your income to be. Sure. Are you targeting? Like, do you want certain, you're like, I must do at least five red carpets. Like, what is the biggest yeah. sources of revenue? Is that the what you're trying to get? Yeah, the usually. Big red carpets? Well,
1: and every stylist is different. Some work exclusively with studios. So they're like SAG, uh, part of the union. Sure. And they're on set for like six months doing a show. I'm freelance, so I'm diversified in my business. So yeah. I have editorial side, magazine work, commercial side, which pays great, and I'll do a few of those, and then red carpet, and then I guess like press, day-to-day styling, yeah. that sort of thing. So for me to have like a really good month i need to make sure i'm hitting all of those little revenue streams different i guess modalities of my business i got to hit the commercial side i got to make sure i get red carpet a Uh day-to-day get it all in and then i'm i feel comfortable financially if i do that then i'm okay
0: gotcha and so is it is it fair like is it possible for a celebrity stylist to make and again i'm just ballparking like is it it's possible to make half a million bucks yeah oh for sure possible to make a million bucks yeah
1: and These, so is there well, especially like, now because the world is your oyster. Like if you're like, I did a collaboration with a specific brand. That could be yeah. a $50,000 deal, 100000 Depends so on that's I, where. So you're, because you could be able to, because I'm thinking there's only so many red carpets,
0: but you could be doing the brand work. You could be doing the YouTube studio. You could be doing the endorsement, the influencer. Not to mention all the creative then direction
1: then. I've done for so many brands. They bring me in as a creative director for their capsule collections. They want me to go and style, basically give my insight into what they're going to put out into the industry. I'll come in. i charge a monthly fee for that
0: so a brand will hire you tardic clothing line i hire you to say like i need you to develop my, my collection and then they pay you a fee to do that yeah i have to imagine that money is much better and the stress level is much better than dealing with like a red carpet celebrity trying to
1: get them ready Everything's got to be perfect etc some people just sticks with red carpets like that's, that's all they it. want to do so you carve out your niche i I can't do that. Like yeah. I would go insane. No, I got to diversify my business. Like red carpets are difficult. They're they're stressful.
0: Yeah, Caitlyn, remember that? Oh, the one she yeah. out, like, She flew the, in there the was, day this malfunction of malfunction.
1: The people's with, choice awards. I remember. Talking about there, that. Yeah, wasn't there like a malfunction? Well, her left tit was completely yeah. exposed. There's the malfunction. Her and titty was, was, was out. out! And, we were, and I was like, <laughs> shit. Caitlin, I got to figure this out. I had my, my seamstress altered the dress. and yeah. I don't know. The way she altered it, her boob was exposed. All of a sudden, it wasn't and during the fitting. We worked it out. Pinned it, clamped it, taped it, flipped it, reversed it. Boom! Hit the carpet and was best dressed. So we're good. It was great. great. But the yeah. stress of that had to be nuts. Yeah. you're minutes before the carpet and your tits coming out. Sure was. But yeah, I had a little anxiety. But anyway, yeah, you, you have the potential to be in the driver's seat when it comes to your business with styling. Also, I didn't go agency route anyone listening to this right now that wants to break into fashion yes a them. lot of people go the agency route which i'd say is what prob- does that mean well there are agencies that represent certain artists okay. makeup hair and styling okay. your glam squad is usually represented by some sort of an agency wait a second so you're telling me every time caitlin goes or we go,
0: you get your glam done those artists are represented by an agency an
1: agency hires those artists out Yes, and the agency has these great relationships with different producers, commercials, talent. This world is wild. So the agency is in charge of basically getting you work. So that's how most people who are new to it will start assisting a stylist who signed to an agency, and their dream is to become part of the agency. Now, I was about to go that route. Yeah. In the beginning of my career, this was 12 years ago, and I thought, oh, I want to be—Wall a Group's a big-ass agency that a lot of people are like, oh, the Wall Group. It's like CAA Mm -hmm. if you're an actor and actress. Mm -hmm. And I remember Wall Group was like, we'll put you on your emerging artist division at the Wall Group. But I started getting so much work based on referral, and I realized that agencies take between 10 and 20% of your revenue. Gotcha. And they also don't—there's a good and bad side to everything, but the agency is for the agency, they're not for the artist. So let's just say this. I'm killing it. I'm doing so well. And I yeah. have this incredible clientele that I've built with an agency. Correct. Well, now the agency signs a new artist. And this happens a lot. A new artist, uh, a new, let's say, stylist comes in. We're all artists sure. here. So a new stylist will come in. Well, they want to help the person build their book. They want to get this person's feet grounded in yeah. the industry. So I'm already swamped. And I'll just wrap this up with like, cause I've seen it happen. Let's say like I'm unable to style Caitlin because now my calendar is full. But usually if I was managing stuff, I could make it work. But because the agency's handling everything, we're going to actually partner you with this specific Uh, stylist and maybe not even tell me that, like Caitlin requested me, but the agency is going to say, because they want to get that person's foot in the door. And that happens so much. So you well, got to really watch The only asset out.
0: you own is really your clientele. So if the agency takes that asset from
1: you, what asset do you have at the end of the day? Yeah, nothing. So you're, it's difficult in that situation. Yeah. So yeah, you have to trust your agent. You have to make sure you're sure. with like a good agency that has your back. But again, it's tough. So I've I just I've realized that like you don't need an agency yeah if you put yourself out there and have a great yourself every single client I've had I'd say 95 percent has been referral upon referral all word of mouth people talk in LA and New York and my reputation is pretty impeccable in regards to my fashion work. sure you know I'm not even what's not impeccable I was just gonna say (laughs) like have I slutted it up a little bit have you done have you Actually, no. Have you it up to get a deal or two? You know, I wouldn't put it past- Have you slept with a client? I I actually have slept with a client. <laughs> Guilty as charged, but it wasn't. I was already styling. It wasn't to get the client. I love it. It just happened. I'll never do it again. I love it. All right. Let me let me take you a
0: different direction. I just stressed out. My God. Clickbait. Low. Sleeps with client to get next deal.
1: Okay. Early on in my career, you know, and I won't cross that boundary again.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, another area of the style game I'm curious about. I was on the Bachelor. Caitlin, of course, was on the Bachelor, and. We as contestants have to pack our own bags, but what happens yeah, is when you we, mean
1: your wardrobe for this? Sh- your wardrobe. Okay. So it's
0: a guessing. You're almost like shooting, and you know me, style game can you use some improvement. So it was a it was it's a crapshoot.
1: Basics.
0: It's very yeah, basic. <laughs> you just <laughs> call me a yeah.
1: basic yeah basic guy. I'm gonna spice you up. you Okay.
0: What happened was when we got to the final four though. Carrie, the first time I ever met him, he's yeah. the show stylist. Oh, yeah, he he's started been there forever. measuring me for stuff. And I started to realize what he was measuring me for is if there was the off chance that I was actually going to propose, that he, I would have their, my tux ready. And I think in the final three, they had suits ready and stuff. Then I quickly learned that actually, Carrie is working with the lead the whole time. And so, Carrie has been, and he's a great, great human he's been a stylist on The Bachelor since inception, essentially. Yeah, I think like over
1: 20 years. season.
0: Yeah. So my question (laughs) for you is, and I know Bachelor did like Revolve work before, like they did a date at Revolve. Sure. Are brands paying the network or NZK to get their look on the leads and stuff like that? Like, is that a big business?
1: Yeah, I'd say... Some brands will probably pay to get the placement, sure. But I've seen Kerry at showrooms, and I've we've pulled. So from you this, know Kerry? I, I don't know him personally, but, but i seen met, him, yeah. I Facetimed once with him through Caitlin, and I met him a couple times. Gotcha. I've seen. Him. We've yeah. been in the industry. I've been here for twelve of years. Course. I'm going to run him at a showroom eventually. So that's where I saw him. But yeah, and he was pulling like jewelry and shit for like the finale, and they weren't paying to have the jewelry on the client like they were not no they just had beautiful stuff and carrie really loved it and wanted to do a solid for his pr friend who he really was like and the jewelry's gorgeous so why not get a placement yeah but there's some brands that will i'm sure pay and they could work some sort of a deal out it's tricky when it's network though it's not like carrie's like having his own thing like it's also because it's not like if he does get kickbacks it's not going to him
0: it's going to the network
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. It, I think you'd have to keep everything on the table and they'd have to be okay with it, mm-hmm. especially because it's televised. There's yeah. branding, copyright issues, that sort of thing. Yeah. If there's any brand uh, okay. logo recognition or Inch, anything like that. Right, right. So it's a little slippery slope with television. But the, I mean, Carrie has a great gig. He's making, I'm sure, great money. Yeah, And he's probably exclusively just doing that. I don't know if he does anything outside of bachelor world because that probably consumes all of all him. with all the different shows yeah, would yeah. you ever want
0: a job like that like to be a
1: stylist for a show or is that not up in your future I, I think it's really cool to do something like that but I'm gonna pass on that opportunity Intr- yeah. why well, just because like I I know how much I could well I don't know exactly how much he makes, but yeah. I know how much I could make. And just to keep like the spice of life, I don't know if I'd only want to be working on one specific show. I'd get bored with it quite fast.
0: Is your motivation in this style industry to get the biggest and best
1: celebrity, or is it to make the most money? I think neither of those things, to be I quite honest. Really. Yeah. Well, the biggest celebrity doesn't necessarily pay the most. Sometimes the like if you work for Kim Kardashian, she's yeah. notoriously super cheap. She doesn't Kim pay. Kim Kardashian is she does. Pay her people a lot, and like me saying that's not throwing oh, shade, do you know what
0: that reminds me of. It's
1: just like common knowledge. A lot and of that
0: reminds listen. me of that fucking quarterback who's oh. not a Buffalo Bill. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I won't say his name unless Don't. you give me this. No. Don't do it. Don't who say his still name. hasn't paid you.
1: Literally, still this hasn't.
0: son of a bitch I is know. one of the most paid <laughs> athletes in the world. I know and he stiffed
1: you on how much. It, wasn't, it was like 2500 But that's still fucking
0: insane. I know. Yeah. Just kind of ghosted me. And so Kardashian is known to be cheap in the style game? Yeah.
1: Well, they'll do, like, you can do my makeup or do my hair or style me for credit. I've had friends do photography work for them. What does uh, that mean? Like, take photos of them.
0: Oh, like, you can take credit Oh, that take credit. You like, did it,
1: it. like, what influencers do. Understood.
0: Like oh, take credit, Understood. meaning,
1: like, I'll tag you. Tag you. But, like, now I've had a few influencers that have. 20 million followers and up. And they've said, Lo, I love your work. Can yeah. you please tell me? And I will tag you. I'll put you in a story and I'll, I'll mention you in the caption And do too. you
0: see a financial or and monetary I tell them, return?
1: I, I always tell them, uh, no, I don't. I don't see anything. I'll get like maybe a few followers, but like nobody cares.com. No one gives really? a shit. So it doesn't if you're do to tag. anything for you. I mean, it could elevate you a little bit like because of like association, like, oh, you're with that person who's yeah. very popular. But that wears off within seconds. And now because the Kardashians, for example, have done that so much that people there's, are like, fuck well, you. There's a lot of artists they've worked with and they have, she has a regular person, Mario, who she's for makeup that she's been with for years, but then she'll work with a bunch of other random people tag them. But like, it again, doesn't turn into anything financial. If anything, like it looks good in the moment, but it's probably good for your portfolio though. Like if you're suppose
0: you're going to like a random wedding in New York City with a wealthy couple and you're like, yeah, I do Kardashian's makeup. They're probably like, oh my God, she does Kardashian's
1: makeup. Or you've done it once. Like that's what you should say. Yeah, you did it once. You did it once you have your resume builder. Sure. But again, nowadays I just feel like it doesn't really pay off all that much to do that. I've had influencers (sighs) reach out to me. Now what I say is whatever you think the price of that is however much you think that's worth to you. Just pay me that and don't tell anyone I've ever styled you. We'll just keep it our... Little secret, because I don't give a yeah. shit about you mentioning it. I just want to get paid, because yeah. that Instagram tag isn't going to put gas in my tank. You I, know I, what I mean? I respect that. I respect that. And in the
0: recap, again, this is another one. I was hired by, or I did hire low for a shoot. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what I paid, and I'll tell you if I think the return was there. The answer was it was. You killed it. It was great. And it was worth every penny. And yeah. it's nothing I've paid for that before, but yeah. it was worth every Friends single and family discount and i got the friends and family <laughs> discount as you should are you okay if
1: i share that in the recap uh not the actual price but i'm okay if you can I share the re-
0: your retail what i can't share the price that i paid for you
1: i would prefer that if you didn't because okay. literally no one pays that price okay <laughs> all right what i will do
0: is i'll get you with that retail what it cost yeah and i'll say retail what i pay? i would have paid yeah deal we'll do that in the recap okay yeah This is a fascinating conversation. One that I had, I just, these are things about the industry I had no fucking clue about. Now, got uh, a few more minutes, a few more questions. And so the one thing that you said to me- What did I say? This trip when you and I were planning out everything to do, our little itinerary. Yeah. One of the things we talked about was going to one of the malls here. And you made a comment to me that blew me away. And I hope I'm not alone for my listeners that are listening to this. I made a comment about the mall and you're like- that place, like, anything that touches the hangers in that store okay, is nine, not. nine months from how old it was when it came out. The thing is... And wait a second. You're, <laughs> so I was stupid. blown away that you go to a store in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's likely that that piece of clothing might be nine months from release.
1: So... Yeah, keep it real. It's a little dated. Why is that? Uh well actually I, for some reason when it comes to the fashion in Nashville, I mean they're known for great music, <laughs> great people, <laughs> southern hospitality, but their fashion game isn't necessarily the strongest in regards to like keeping up with trends and what's hot like coming into the future. Yeah. I don't think people look to uh Nashville to like predict what's coming in hot for spring 2022. You know what I mean? So that being said, I think the buyers for Nordstrom or whatever store- Are thinking through that. Are thinking that, and also not making a Nashville market maybe their priority. So if you go to a Nordstrom in Los Angeles, the stuff that I'm gonna see is very different. I'll see like newer pieces, stuff that's actually, I, I think, yeah, higher price point or more fashion forward.
0: That's really, so based on, I could go to the same store, and if I traveled from Nashville back to hometown to Buffalo, down to Miami, over to LA, same Nordstrom, same, same timing, I will see a
1: completely different array. Not completely different, but definitely there's some differences there. Huh. They're gonna have some of the core like basic items yeah. that every Nordstrom's is gonna have. Yeah. The staple pieces from every designer. Yeah. But for like special stuff or things that are gonna make you stand out, you probably yeah. won't get it from a Nordstrom inside, let's say, a Nashville. Unless the clientele is requesting it, unless they, sure. they want that. But if you know the clientele isn't asking for it, they're not gonna need that Balenciaga really cool, edgy dress or purse or boots. They're gonna save that for a New York client or LA. Sort of a thing. Don't waste the inventory because it's not a ton of inventory these brands have. Those high end brands, anyway. Huh. So it's it's tough in that sense. But so yeah, yeah. if Nashville's nine months behind,
0: how far I is would,
1: Buffalo behind? Yeah, like about five years <laughs> behind. I would say. <laughs> and it's weird. Like I've just I I noticed that when I was shopping in Nashville, this was like years ago, hmm. but I was like, everything feels so dated in this store. Like, where's all the new? Shit! And she's like, we just got our shipment yesterday. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So it was just tough. And now the clients that I do have in Nashville will literally fly to LA to shop. Just like when I want to throw it down, I throw it down once a year and I clean out my closet and get a few new pieces. I add a coat, some jeans, liven it up a bit. Yeah. I book my trip to New York to do that. I'm going to shop in New York over Los Angeles. Gotcha. Because okay. New York is where it's at for fashion. Huh. Get all the new stuff coming in. Interesting. The best, like I, in the United States... For sure, New York would be the best place to shop.
0: So, okay, well, we're going to wrap up here in just a minute. But now you brought up New York. New York Fashion Week, okay? Yeah. You get Kim Kardashian wearing like black head to toe. Like, oh, that was that, at the Met Gala. That was at the Met Gala. Not New York Fashion that wasn't Week. That was not New York Fashion Week. But yeah, New York Fashion what, Week is, yeah, Is a that thing. like the goal? Like, do you want to style someone there one day? Or you're just like, like oh, hey, is that like, like a... a- a big thing is, I like the Stanley Cup or the Super Bowl in your industry. Matt
1: Gala is a big deal for costuming, and, but it, the thing is, you it's get boring. invited. Well, it's cool. I don't, it's not a goal of mine. If it happens, it happens. That's sure. very cool. But it's not something I'm like, oh my God, like have to do it. Please like yeah. now for the Met Gala, the designer gets paired with a celebrity and this, mm. and basically they create something special together to wear. it's usually custom. Yeah, sure. And so the stylist would work hand in hand with the designer to accessorize, finish off the look or even design it. But it's not necessarily like, it doesn't pay a ton of money. Like it's not something that's that exciting except like the pictures are cool you know like yeah yeah, and you'll get like a really unique i don't know part of fashion history if you end up wearing all black like kim like Kim covering her face imagine her makeup artist probably was so sad that day why because she didn't get her payday Well, no. Like, I'm sure Kim still did a beat down and like took her mask off at some point. Oh, so you're saying she probably had to do the work and didn't get any credit for it? Well, yeah. Like, she had like nothing to post. Like, I did Kim's makeup for the Met Gala and she wore freaking cheesecloth over her face. Like, kind of a bummer. But hey.
0: All right, two more questions for you. Hit and it. The, the one I want to talk about is back, like to Le- speed. back to Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. 45 minutes. I you don't really like work. to keep these it. pods under an hour Go. It. <laughs> it's like, wait, get you in. Boom. Get you out. Wow. I want the dirt. Give me the trading secrets. Okay. We want the meat and potatoes, not the bread. <laughs> okay, Leonardo DiCaprio. Sure. Suppose you style him for the Oscar, Oscars. You okay. hit it.
1: What do you charge him? What do I charge? Leo DiCaprio? What do you charge Leonardo Again, loaded question because it's not necessarily like I said the one event. Like you want to break it down, it would be one big fee. Also, is Paramount paying or is Netflix paying? Oh, because you might change your price based on who's paying. Well, if it's out of pocket, I'm going to charge less than if Netflix or Paramount is paying. Out of pocket is the reference that means that a lean earner would pay you directly. Yeah, which is, again, not as common. Yeah. Oh, and you also have to take into account, too, are you getting paid by brands for them to wear certain things? Like, you can also add so you on. you might be able to double dip. I've had, ai mean, this is, again, not a regular occurrence. Sure. I'm not flexing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, this this just, is what
0: you're here to talk about, the industry. Where no, people yeah. can't find but this But I stuff. had
1: one client who had a Colgate campaign. She had a, a hit show on a big network, mm-hmm. and she paid out of pocket as well. So I got the Colgate rate. I think it was Colgate. It was some toothpaste company. Okay. And so, But she had to promote that specific toothpaste on the red carpet. So wow. that was paying me okay. because... They needed her to wear a specific color that represented the brand. Gotcha. The brand was – another brand was paying me for the jewelry she was wearing. She was paying me, of course, my out-of-pocket rate. And the the, the network that she was on was paying me. So I had four different people – paying my rate for that one person to walk that wow. one carpet. That was like, I think it was like a $15,000 carpet. Cause you have four different streams of revenue for that shot. For one that person is the play right there. That's the grand slam. Yeah. That's a grand slam. It doesn't happen like that all yeah. the time. That's of actually, course, a, yeah. I'd say like, that's a unicorn moment. Yeah. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. But if you have a client who's killing it and yeah. doing campaign work, yeah. well then yeah, you'll get paid quite well. We've seen inspirational. <laughs> we've seen
0: outlandish and
1: outrageous. Yeah. We need Lo
0: Von Rump, the water to my oil. Yeah,
1: the yin. The low to to my Jade.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The yin to my yang. Yeah. Lo Von Rump, celebrity stylist, the host
1: of the low life. What's your trading secret? secret. Okay, so mm, there's a lot of them I, I can think of, but I'm trying to think like, what's the most valuable one? Okay, I've got it. Okay. I've got it. When it comes to, I guess, a lesson I've learned Is especially now, this is a good trading secret for any. I want a trading secret that like people could use outside of fashion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just so it can apply to everybody listening who's an entrepreneur. I have like, yeah. a soft spot in my heart for anyone who is starting their own business. Yeah. I think that's incredible. It's not easy. 90% fail in the first year. So good for you. Keep going. Yeah. Anyway, the one thing I've noticed is specifically in a service industry is people don't equate what you do with value. Unless your value, you stand by your value and you put some worth behind it. That being said, one lesson I've learned that I wish I would have done early on in my career yeah. is when you're building something for yourself, you're going to do a lot of free gigs. You got to do shit for free. You got to get your name out there. If you're doing hair, makeup, whatever it is, styling. But what I've done now is even if I do reduce my rate or I have to do a free gig, which I'm not doing really these days, but (laughs) if I have to, again, I always will submit an invoice with the value of what they're getting, the goods and services provided. Mm -hmm. And it is helpful to do that because I've had clients that when you don't know how much something costs or you're not paying for it in the moment you're thankful, but you are so quickly to forget as someone who just received something for free. And I see celebrities and I see people getting free shit all the time. And I remember I had one client and she's like, do you want those bags? You could take them. And I was like, Wow, And I knew how much the, each bag was like $1,000. Yeah. Three of them just stacked up. You take them. You don't, hey, no don't, can you drop those off at Goodwill? Yeah. Because she just was like, I just don't have room for it. The richest people are the ones who get some of like the shit for free, which is crazy because yeah. they're the ones who can afford that it. That is a whole different discussion. but it That's is a whole other so, episode. The, the wealthier
0: which, and the bigger that you get, the less ugh. you pay for. It. Keep going.
1: Yeah. But I, I realized even with styling and stuff like that, some of these people would want deals and things like that. But when you submit an invoice and let people know your value, even if they're not paying, there is always a value put to it and they respect it. And they all, it's funny because I had another client of mine and I sent her the invoice Mm -hmm. and I put, this was a a $3,500 gig for everything that I did for her. And she called me, so upset i can't believe you just sent me this invoice like why are you charging me like you're so sh- shady yeah. you said it was going to be for free you thought i thought i was your friend you were doing me a solid I'm like like at the end it says like a friends and family nolan void like this is yeah. just an invoice for your own records so you know what we're doing for you sure. just for you to have a receipt that's yeah. it and she's like oh she didn't read like the little print underneath it she just saw the number and it was like what the hell yeah yeah but it's great because it weeds out those that would never pay for you, I that just want that a favor. Idea. She ended up hiring me and paying my rate. And we've continued to work together for over five years. She's an amazing client. But again, I put value to it. And she always talks about that situation. She's like, I'm so glad you did because I had worked with a bunch of other people. And I had no idea what they charged. I was going through them just like not sure really no mindful. Yeah. Mindful that people are actually putting in, you know, blood, sweat, tears, work, time, energy. Into something that is such a good trading secret, and it goes
0: back to the conversation that we had about when I worked with you, and I even mentioned like I know what the retail value, and I said the retail oh, yeah. value I would have never known if you didn't send me that invoice. Oh, we did, yeah. And that we did. said, okay. you sent me the invoice, yeah, and it said the retail value, and it said the family friends discount, yeah. and I think just seeing that number. Gives you such an appreciation for like the work and, and the help that you're doing yeah. and everything. And you're so right. People keep doing things for free, for free, for free. Then the expectation becomes your work is for free. So anyone out there that I think that has like 1099 work or your consulting gig or anything yeah. that you're doing, it's a really good point to get going yeah, it's, or to help people or to start with people doing it for free makes sense, but never forgetting to like, Invoice for what that would have cost to give people the perspective and also and appreciation. Right,
1: everyone, no matter if you're rich, poor, in the middle, everyone loves a deal. Everyone wants to feel like they're getting a hookup. Yeah, so even if you're like giving them a discount or charging them your rate, make sure they they love to feel like they're getting some sort of a win. So give them the win and show them so they have a record of it either through a, an invoice or you could send it through a text. There's so many ways now, yeah. there's apps that do it for you in seconds. Give the people what they want, give them. Give a the win. Yeah. Lo
0: von Rumpf. People hearing this. How they wouldn't have heard of you before? I don't know. But suppose they haven't. Where can they find of me? are you talking
1: about? Look
0: at the <laughs> where, TV shut down. Where they're like cut it God. off? Where can they find more low? The podcast is social. Oh, yes. Tell me yeah, everything. Yeah.
1: If you want to keep in touch with me, you can slide into my DMs. You can hit me up on Instagram at style LVR. That's S T Y L E L V R, which is an acronym for my name, which is Lo Von Rumpf. Also lover. It's cute, right? Style LVR. And then my podcast is the Low Life Podcast where Jason Tardick is one of the highest downloaded episodes. Oh, the Wolf on Wall Street, the Dow Jones daddy. And I'm coming he's, back for more. He is coming back for more. turn. You'll give me um, back. But he's one of the founding fathers of the Low Life Podcast. And that's, yeah, Low Life Podcast. And that's wherever... You stream your podcast. You could find my little shit show of a podcast, which is a wonderful listen. I love that. It's a wonderful listen. You are a hell of You'll a You always host. get something from it.
0: You'll always get a takeaway <laughs> a and something. you're a hell of a guest. Thank Hello. you, Jason. Let's keep this party going. And Thank you so much for being a guest on Train Secrets today.
1: I love it. Thank you for having me. I love right. you, Jay.
0: Ding ding ding! We are ringing in the closing bell with the curious Canadian, the voice of the viewer on the Low Von Rumph episode, the stud, the host of the Low Life podcast, the celebrity stylist. We heard it all from him, and guess what? This is going to be a first time ever on Trading Secrets. First time ever, our guest. Is part of our recap. So while I'm going to kick it over to you, the voice of the viewer, the curious Canadian, for you to tell me what you thought of this episode, there's a lot of pressure. On your chest today, David, because all of the criticism that you have <laughs> is gonna be right in the face.
1: I'm of here. Lovat. I've never seen <laughs> the curious Canadian. Have, have your listeners seen what he looks like? Oh, yes. Oh, they, they have? Oh, yeah. Do you want to give him a little synopsis? Stuff? Yeah, exactly what yeah. I'm seeing right now. What, <laughs> what do you a treat? What a Canadian little snack yeah. over here. Not hitting on him, just acknowledging the fact that he looks like look at Let's this. Who is it? Dylan McDermott. Dylan
2: McDermott. Dylan McDermott. 100%. David, have you ever gotten that before? Yes, 100%. So I used to get sexual Ross from Friends a like, lot, but I've grown actor. out of that. Your I've body looks like Ross his too. Friends.
0: Wow. Minus the broken collarbone.
2: Yeah. I used to get Ross from Friends a lot, but I grew out of that and did Dylan McDermott, but I have like five good doppelgangers. I yeah, think least. I would
0: want, I think I'd want Dylan McDermott Do you agree? That's a gr- oh yeah.
1: Very oh, good looking man. that's a studly Total stud, yeah. Minus the allegations against him, you know, <laughs> personal a life aside. All right. Aesthetics. Well, great. now
0: that Lowe is done complimenting the voice of the viewer over here, <laughs> we have the Lowe, who is my bro, and then we have David, who is bro, bro. so we have like the Low bro show here. Ew. Because Lowe so- Mo always says to me, You're such a straight butch. That's yeah. what you call that.
1: <laughs> Accurate.
0: David might not be, he, David's straight, but he might not be so butchy. I'm
1: butching it up. I'm here, I'm down to butch it up with you guys. Let's uh, get fratty let's with it. Let's get fratty let's talk with some shit. It. All
0: right. So, David, kick it up. What do
2: you got well, for us? Well, I appreciate the compliments. Usually uh, I don't have to see the person um, that I'm recapping, so I can throw a little jabs or some chirps or shred them a little bit, but I'm not going to do that because A, you don't deserve it and B, you buttered me that. up with a nice compliment. So yeah, we're going to go from there, but no, it was a really, really awesome episode. Like Jay said, uh, I love clothes. I have too many clothes. Maybe they're not the nicest designer clothes, but I've always had a an interest in fashion and just looking good, feeling good. This was high level. I felt like I was in science class. We were talking about like <laughs> neutrons and protons. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. You're talking about showrooms and designers, it's a lot and to campaigns. In. But the thing but is when, when
1: it comes to like nice stuff, if you're spending a hundred dollars on a t-shirt or uh, 10 bucks on it, I, I feel like it's, it's worth it no matter what, as long as you're happy with it, whether it's a little shitty item or something you splurged on, I think there's value to it. Like one of my favorite pieces I have is $15 shirt from Amazon and I get so many compliments on it. I'm just saying, it's not all about the bougie life. I do it's love that. It's not all about that bougie life. Yeah, but, but affordable great too. I,
0: affordable's great too.
1: One thing I got to ask Jay about that you told me to bring up in
2: the recap, Jay, your your experience in a showroom, and I'm I'm really curious to hear what your experience is like because I'm trying to like picture and visualize when Lo was talking about showrooms, what they look like, what they are with the experiences. So I have to start by asking you your experience in a showroom.
0: Yeah, so I was in LA, and it was like right after I got off the show, and a PR company was like, come to our showroom. I had no idea what a showroom was, but it's exactly what Lowe said. So we were in this warehouse, and I remember we went up two floors— and then it's like you're actually at a store, but each area was branded off based on men's versus women's and also the type of clothing and the brand. So, majority, I would say like 85% of the stuff in this showroom was for women, but they showcased me to like all the stuff that was for men. I was like, okay, like I really like that and I like that. And she's like, oh, just take it. And I was like, dude, is there like a budget here? Like, should I only spend 500? Like, she's like, no, no, no like literally anything you see here. Just take it. I was like, well, what, what What if it like doesn't fit? She's like, just keep it. Like, no. It, like, what it reminded me when Lowe was like, that woman was like, oh, there's three bags over there. They're like a thousand bucks each. It was an absolute free for all. It was like Goldberg from Muddy Ducks when he goes to Rodeo Drive, except you could actually take it, leave, and they didn't ask for anything. They're
1: like, you didn't have to tag. You didn't have to do it. They're like, yeah, you're good. Because that's the allotted merchandise that's strictly for gifting. Crazy. So brands will send that. And that's specific. Like, okay, we have this many size run of this. You can give them to whoever you guys want. It's for you to give at your discretion. Just make sure it gets placed on someone with X amount of followers or whatever. Their specific things Wild. are. But that's why when you go in are like, take what you want. Yeah. They're not like that with everybody. Gotcha. Uh, but that's a great, yeah. David, you would have had a field day in there.
2: Oh, I'm just like, Smile ear to ear, grinning like just picturing myself in that position. But I got a question for Low. We talk a lot about influencers and in social media, so I'm going to kind of stick on that realm here. W- at what level of, let's say. Instagram fandom followership do you have to get to to be invited into one of these showrooms? Great question.
1: Well, actually now because I mean everyone can have a million followers, it's that's it's not so much about the actual number of followers now, it's about the content you're producing, the type of mm-hmm. influencer you are and if you fit the demographic of the audience they're trying to reach. So it's now so specific. I have one client who has I don't know, 20,000 followers, uh but they're right on brand, they're the perfect look, feel, vibe, their music is amazing and this this Particular brand was like we're dying to get our stuff on this new emerging artist who doesn't have a ton of followers, but again, so it really just depends. Now, back like five years ago, followers definitely mattered, but now no one cares. No one cares how many followers you have because it doesn't return the investment. Like it doesn't do anything for the brand. It really I think doesn't.
2: People are. I think I feel like brands are starting to identify the power of influencer marketing, and because of that, they're just pouring more like re- resources into researching. Okay, how do we actually like make this work? Right, rather than throwing shit against the wall, seeing what sticks, like yeah. they're actually like doing re- more research. So that's really interesting. And then Jay, I got to ask you, cause you brought it up and I have to ask you hired low for services one day too. Yep. What did that include? And what was the, what's the retail price going price of what, what, what was done for sure? So I was hesitant about it, David. And
0: what I did, you'll love this. I put a relatively big bet. And then a Sunday game, I said, low, I win this game. I'm hiring you we won the game hired him we decided a date that made sense and load picked out all my different looks i had like six different looks which means you get six different like really quality pictures in those looks and then he did my makeup that day and was just unbelievable at like being like no we need to shoot over here these are the different spots these are the locations so he did all that in the day i we did that a year ago mm-hmm. i was so overwhelmed with how the price point at what i paid was so worth it and i'm not just saying that cuz i am you know mm-hmm. me i'm i don't know i wouldn't say frugal i'm just like the value's got to make sense boy so, did the utility, va- utility utility the utility which i had explained to you, uh <laughs> low there but it made so much sense i would do it again over and over the retail price of what and low gave me a friends and family discount but the retail price for that day was 2500 bucks right
1: yeah, anywhere between like 2000 and 2500, depending on what you have to add in. Like the assistant, my manager takes a fee, an agency fee if that's needed, which wasn't yeah. needed in your case, dry cleaning for everything, um, showroom sure. and restocking fees, that, the product that's yeah. used for his hair, face, you know, and then my time, gas. Is that when you, is that dinner, when you went to the showroom? To get uh, the clothes for the no. shoot? Or did, oh, no, no. You no. I went to... Hand. Well, I did two pool days to prepare for him and then two return days to get everything back and dry clean. So there's it's like a four-day process just for the... And then the, the actual day shooting him. So it's really okay. like a three to five day, yeah. depending on how much we're going to do.
0: And this was just like, David, it was just me, Lo, and a photographer. Like, we're not talking like studio. This isn't like red carpet stuff. This was like probably one of the
2: like lower level things low is doing on a day-to-day basis
1: yeah but i loved I've every seen second the, of the, it you know, it was amazing
2: the behind the scenes stuff from the shooting stuff but i'm pretty sure the picture a picture that you took is on the trading secrets cover yeah it is Isn't the trading that? secrets cover and it's going to be on the book huge so think about that it's really cool so well done
0: good vision david, All right, david just el- it's
2: just an absolute elephant brain on my
1: part 2500
0: the, the the curtains are revealed now tell me what's next
2: Okay, I got a question for Lowe. Hit it. It's a little game we're going to play. Oh. It's called Overrated, Underrated, and then Most Annoying. Mm. Okay. Ooh, I like that. I want to know from your eyes, um, not the voice of the viewer, but someone who's very into this scene, into this world of fashion, your most overrated brand, your most underrated brand, and
1: a brand that when you see, you just get cringy because of whatever it may be. It's tough because if I were to say any brands overrated, it's going to be the one time my client's a huge fan of that particular brand, and then I'm screwing myself. So I'll just say this much about overrated brands, because there are a ton that you're paying too much. But I can throw everyone under the bus by saying there's certain things that you can buy at designer stores that I think are so overrated, don't make any sense to buy, uh, because it's not their forte. I'm talking about timepieces and sunglasses. Mm -hmm. A lot of like Burberry, Dolce & Gabbana, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, they offer even jewelry to some some of these designers, they offer that, but I don't think it's worth it at all. And they charge a lot for these watches. I remember being at Burberry and selling a watch for $3,000 or something like that. And they talk about like, it's a timepiece. It's not a watch. And it's all this like yeah. bells and whistles. It's all the same shit. I think they use the same manufacturer as Seiko, who starts at around like $150, yeah, yeah. sold at Macy's. So again, like if you're buying timepieces, you're strictly buying the name, the designer label or sunglasses. But there's not much to that watch that you're buying. So that's every brand, I guess, would be that's overrated good. in that's that sense. Feedback. And a lot of people will go and buy like the Dolce Gabbana, the MicroCores watch. But I mean, go with an actual watch company if you want to do like. Just buy a Seiko. Yeah. Unless you just yeah. want the brand recognition. So I guess that's over, a, overrated, all that shit.
2: <laughs> that's funny, Jay. Do you remember? Uh, I don't even love, know. Oh if, my God. Know, yeah. It was low noses story, but when I flew to Seattle before Jay went on the show to like just, we went shopping. We did all this trying to try and hype, just like be with him before he left. And he was like all set on buying this, like, one watch it was like i might have been a you were thinking about a rolex it was a, but i think you're going a for like a tag Brightling, i think bright yeah it was like 3, i have no idea 3, what dollars yeah, on a watch and i'm like no you're don't not doing this no you're not don't do it you're not going on the show showing up with one of those so we went to like a nordstrom or something and ended up buying three watches for like 200 bucks total that all had different like one was a blue face one was like you could color yeah. coordinate with different outfits and it was like
0: and so we Fair. took Just that like budget and we spent it on clothing, which made way oh, yeah. more sense. Yeah, David was Smart. my stylist actually going into the Bachelor. I forgot about wow. that. Wow, yeah, huge Seattle. upgrade
2: though. You've upgraded. You've <laughs> upgraded the style the, <laughs> so the the department. The stylist department for the show. Amazing. Yeah. So good call there.
1: All right. What about uh, um, underrated? Oh under, Oh my God, there are so many small designers that don't get the recognition they deserve. Like OTT Dubai, they're out of Dubai. They have representation here in the States. But these little micro brands that are doing incredible stuff. There's a, a particular account you guys should follow. It's called, oh shit, what's the name of it? What's the name of it? Something, wait. Because they'll call out all of these brands they are ripping off these small brands. And it's Ooh. Diet Prada. Ah. There it is. Diet, Diet Prada? D-I-E-T Prada. Diet Prada. They call out all of these major, huge brands that are taking ideas from these tiny uh, wow. brands and designers and taking redoing it and doing something. Or stealing an idea that someone else had years ago. Brands stealing from other brands. They call everybody out. It's amazing. It's a great account. So in that sense, I'd say like all these small uh, micro entrepreneurs that are trying to do their thing they're all underrated they need recognition but diet prod is a great place to see a lot of those brands love it and do you have a cringeworthy any brand out there cringeworthy makes your
2: skin crawl you know what your... it does
1: make my skin crawl but like I love it at the same time I'm talking about Von Dutch and good old Ed Hardy I love it and it's making oh, a comeback I used to wear some of that in college hell yeah I talk about spending overpriced shit but I used of to of trucker have to, dude, hats and Ed Hardy t-shirts Ed I loved I it I had
0: Ed Hardy boxers and like oh, yeah. right on the hammer it was a tiger oh amazing and I, it was little
1: flames coming down I used to love right those on, is that what you call your dick a hammer
0: yeah
1: right on the freaking hammer yeah. <laughs> Wow. Even well, that was, what do you call of, your dick? I uh, usually call it a dick. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> or an, very Enrique. Creative. I named him Enrique. All Enrique Ricky. Or Ricky, little, sure.
0: Little Ricky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> little Ricky.
0: <Jeez>. Um,
2: <laughs> moving on, you guys brought up at the very, very start, and I don't even know if it'll make the edit in the in the um, pod, but when I was listening back, you said how you and Lo bond over uh fireside chats just getting in the weeds getting deep about some things and i don't even know if we're gonna have time for it here but um, i got a good fireside chat we could talk about because i think we already talked a little bit about like cost
0: and value of clothing and stuff like that which is a good fireside chat i think another one would be talking about you mentioning that you could style our wedding i would assume that david just had a wedding he would probably be like what the fuck
2: is he even talking about? Is that right, David? That like, am I any bit right there? That was my next note actually, is you mentioned styling a wedding and Jay has no idea what he's getting himself into in terms of the wedding planning as a whole, because it is insane. And just hearing you say like, Oh, styling Jay's wedding is that I'm just curious. Is that, going to cost him a lot, is it? Sure is. It's going to Yeah. <laughs> sure a yep. Well, you no, know what? There's, there's friendship
0: <laughs> and then there's business. And I will shop you out and check and benchmark your pricing. Exactly.
2: But just like you talked about the services you provided for that $2,500 shoot, I don't really care as much about the dollar amount. What you yeah, I don't do you want to do for that. his wedding? Is it his tux, his... his uh, Groomsmen suits? Is it anything mm-hmm. to do with KB? Is it color patterns? Is it florist? Is it what do you what do you work? So with?
1: I usually when it comes to styling wedding, I've done a lot of weddings in my day, which is fun. When my clients get married, they usually bring me on to style it. But I'll work hand in hand with the planner. Did you catch that? That was passive aggressive. Yeah. 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 Typically, if they're a great client, ninety nine percent would hire me. If not, if there's budgetary constraints, or maybe Clearly they're not up and up financially. No relationship some offshore accounts. Maybe Jason doesn't want to dive into. <laughs> anyway, if that happens, no, but for the most part, when I style a, a person's wedding, I work with the planner and of course the bride and groom. And it's a matter of convenience. So when it comes to, let's say, Caitlyn, she's going to be wearing a dress for the wedding. She's going to do a change for the reception. She's already talked about wanting uh, two different looks. And then, of course, the bridal shower and then a bachelorette type outfit for that dinner slash party. So about four looks for Caitlyn there, maybe five. She might do separate photos and We'll get another dress for that. So four to five looks for that. All of those need to be accessorized. So I'd get her... Instead of Caitlyn going and buying jewelry, fine jewelry, I'll get millions of dollars worth of jewelry that she has accessible to her for the big day. As well as shoes, like the lingerie, everything is covered. Well, she's going to need a little cute outfit to slip into after. that's part
0: of your like...
1: Oh yeah. I have like cute outfits to go underneath. And then also with with Jay, he's going to wear a little G-string for his tiger. Whatever he wants to put his tiger in. (laughs) So when dressing you, it will be of course kind of the same. You're going to need some nice suiting some nice casual outfit if you want to do like the dinner beforehand the rehearsal dinner there's a lot of things that come up leading into a wedding and even after it so with that it's just a matter of convenience I take care of all of that. So you pay my rate. Most of the cost is included within the rate. And then you basically, we do a fitting and you have everything lined up. Good to go, head to toe. For Jay, I'll probably do grooming on him for his wedding because I've done it before. You know, hair, makeup, little touch up for the photos and stuff. But yeah, it's, and then I work with the, what is it now, party planner, the wedding planner. And we talk about the the color specifics and the whole vibe of the wedding. So when it comes to the bridal party, what colors, what silhouette best works uh, for their type of body frame, the mother of the bride, the father of the bride, I help with all of that creatively. And uh, it makes it just a little bit of a smoother process. And everyone feels great, looks great, and has reassurance. Because there's a lot of group texts that happen. There's a lot of people who question, what the hell am I wearing? What should I be doing? Including the bride and both sides. So if I'm the liaison for that, it just makes things go a lot more seamlessly. And you can just focus on having a good time on your day. But I want you to have a good time on my day
0: too.
1: No, the day of, that's when my work is done. I get to see everything shine. Leading up to it, it's quite a bit of work planning. And you know, I've already talked to Caitlin about designers that she's interested in. And there's a whole thing that will go into that, but that's kind of where it comes from. All right, from. David, you just heard that. Over under, what do you think his retail price should be for <laughs> that? And I know he's not gonna confirm it, oh, but I
0: just want to hear.
2: That's a that's a huge job. If you're t- if you're worried about both sides and more than just the wedding day, we're talking rehearsal dinner, we're talking bachelorette, we're talking different looks, we're talking over top, we're talking underneath. I mean that's five figures. That's gotta be like fifty, like you said, I think like that's gotta be ten thousand, fifteen thousand. No. If you're doing twenty five hundred for a one day shoot, we're spreading this on the biggest day of your life and the biggest moments and the most capturable events. Millions on, of know, dollars Instagram. worth of jewelry.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm Almost thinking I'm thinking it's I'm thinking it's minimum. <laughs> I mean, he said fifteen thousand. I think it's got to be close mm, to that. I'll let you guys do the negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a whole episode <laughs> on the negotiating. Can David,
1: you we negotiate we just
2: on, just, on the air.
0: We <laughs> just negotiate right here. I'm like wow. five figures. Are you crazy? Five hundred bucks, and you got some <laughs> buffalo yeah. wings on you me. Fifty yeah. with a fifty dollar gift card to Buffalo <laughs> Wild. <laughs> All right, David. What else? This has been some great fireside chat, by the way. This is what happens. We like to keep our recaps to fifteen minutes, but this is how low and I's life work, and same with you and I, David. David, like when we're together, we're in person, we're on a couch, got a drink, cocktail, maybe a joint, maybe an edible, maybe none of the above, just a nice glass of cold water with a lemon in it. And time evaporates. We just lose track of it. And this happens every time. And
1: what do you call it here? You call the it the twilight zone. It's like, what? That's what it feels like here. The Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, It's just, I start the day and then it just gets lost. I have a few conversations with Jane, and then it's 7.30 PM and we're ready for dinner. So, well, I'm jealous because
2: twofold first off it's nice to finally meet yeah you likewise because, dylan
1: i'm oh, sorry David. Dylan,
2: i've heard David, i've heard Dermot. so much about you and i always joke that like you're my biggest rival because all the times that you're in nashville or like when you guys were together in la like i wanted to be in that house i wanted to be oh doing that would have be been amazing videos. i wanted to betting on football and i've i still have never been
1: to nashville which i'm way that. overdue for God, yeah oh it's beautiful i fell in love with this state no, like open-minded, yeah, we got to get you here.
0: We got to get you here. Yeah, it's
2: great. But no, this is great. We could go on for hours and hours. We might have to do a post uh, recap, recap with just three <laughs> of us and cut the mic, cut the mics off.
0: I love that. I want to ask one last question because I know David yeah. and I were prepping for the recap. The last one. And we're born over 20 minutes. And I think this is a good one for any female or male listening. Do you think so? At our age, we're in our 30s. Do you think there should be like a set number of clothings? And this is coming in from David. Do you think there yeah. should be a set number of items, like a number of jackets, a number of suits, a number of high heels, like that you should have, or like how do you manage a closet? Oh, I love a good because closet. Also, audit. And,
1: and the thing is too, is it changes so often. So give us your takeaway
0: and we'll end Well, with again, that.
1: depends on the lifestyle, what type of profession you have, how much you travel, all those things go into factor in for we're talking about a guy's wardrobe. Guy or male or female. Again very different.
2: Got to be a guy. Females have two minutes. Right, give too me a oh, timeline and, and a
1: female timeline. I'll say roughly for most of my guys, if they're just working like eight to five job and let's throw in the occasional family party and then a couple corporate events, you should have between 30 and 40 pieces max. I think that's a really good number to stick at 30 to 40. That includes, you know, a couple nice leather jackets, a great pair of jeans, dark white, good chino, a desert boot, a Chelsea boot, mm. a wingtip Oxford, all the essentials, that sort of thing.
0: Okay, and how long? Often should you do an audit, male or female, on your clothing to make sure you're in the times and in the sizes that are correct.
1: How I like often? to I like to do my audits every season because I I don't have a ton of closet space. So as soon as fall rolls around, I'm bringing out my fall wardrobe. But like as I'm putting out my fall coats and stuff which come on now in LA, but I have a yeah. whole little 80 fall. 80 degrees every fucking I'm rocking day. And a beautiful trench coat. But when I start to switch over or bring out my pieces, usually then I'll get rid of some spring, summer stuff and just audit while I'm doing that. So every spring and summer are basically, or spring, summer and fall, winter are the two times when I will get rid of some shit. God, I need to step my game up. David, does that make you feel overwhelmed at all? It keeps it manageable. It shouldn't be overwhelmed. If you're, if you're doing it as you go, then it feels good because summer's over. You're like, I don't need this shit anymore. Let me just, that's a perfect time to get rid of stuff.
2: I have an obnoxious amount of closet space and I have just like collected clothes over the years. So I probably still have like Geneseo intramural championship (laughs) t-shirts. no shame in that. But what I started doing is putting sticky notes on the hangers Mm -hmm. of all my articles of clothing. And when you wear it, you take it off. And then after a year, you go back and you see what's the uh, sticky notes on it. And then you throw that, you give that away or you donate it because if you don't wear it in a year, it's got to go never wearing it again. I love that idea. Yeah. Look at that. That's, that's why he have, was
0: my uh, stylist before I went on the bachelor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> David, anything else before we wrap this beautiful recap with our first ever live guest to be part of the I recap? know.
1: What an honor.
2: No, I'm good. That This has been fun. So. David, thank you for this. I love it. Well,
0: I hope everyone here thought this was another episode of Trading Secrets, one they could not afford to miss. I mean, we hit every in and out, in my opinion, of the Stylist game while Lowe's scolding me like, you think you hit the whole industry in just 70 minutes? Yeah, no
1: chance. Sicko.
0: (laughs) But if you guys enjoyed this episode, please remember to give us five stars. It has been such a pleasure to have a recap with not only our guests, Lo Van Roof, but also our curious Canadian, David Low, Did I say your name right? You did. For okay. First time. For first time ever. <laughs> Join us next Monday for another episode of Trading Secrets, one you can't afford to miss.